Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. Words are incredibly powerful. In fact, Proverbs 18.21 tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Notice the word death comes first, because words can kill. So what is gossip? Well, it's talking about people behind their backs. And when we gossip, we're sharing information about someone that's not public knowledge. If they wanted you to know it, they'd share it themselves. So you have to ask yourself, would you say it if they were standing right there in front of you? We know gossip is extremely harmful. And if what you're sharing is not true, it's slander. When we gossip, we're telling a partial truth about someone because we can't possibly know the whole story. Now, gossip has many names, slander, rumors, backbiting, dishing the dirt, planting seeds, whispered innuendo, and more. And we all know that women love to talk. And that's the way God designed us. So it can be a good thing. But the enemy will use it to tempt women. Now, some of the biblical terms for gossip are backbiter, slanderer, talebearer, whisperer, babbler, and busybody. Not flattering terms, to say the least. We don't want anybody saying that about us. And the hard truth is this. Gossip is sin, and it can destroy a home, a church, and a friendship. It's like a secret hunger that we try to avoid, but when someone starts talking about someone else, we almost can't resist it. So let's dive in and tackle this difficult but necessary topic. So girls, why do you think that God hates gossip? Oh, Kate and Jamie, this is such a good episode topic. I think we can all relate to this in all the different areas that you listed, but straight from the Bible, the ninth commandment speaks to preserving and promoting of truth between man and the good name of our neighbor, loving, desiring, and rejoicing in their good name, a ready receiving of a good report and unwillingness to admit of an evil report concerning them. Basically, in a nutshell, there are six things that the Lord hates, the Bible says, seven that are an abomination to him and one who sows discord among brothers, Proverbs 6, 16, and 19. God also says, In the word of God, do not speak evil against one another in James. And then in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, let all things be done for building up. I have these verses handy because I have to, like you said, Kate, use these in my family, in our communication, when I talk to my kids, when they talk about, you know, their friends and their peers and their family. I think they're a really good insight into what God has to say about gossip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He makes it very clear what his feelings are about gossip, but I want to push back just a little bit with our definition of gossip. And you correct me if you disagree, ladies, but I actually think that gossip isn't always just a negative thing. You know, if somebody were to come to me and say, have you heard that, you know, September had her baby? It's good news but maybe not the news that that person is supposed to be sharing. I actually have been on the receiving end and even the giving end of what you might consider good news, but really because it's not my good news to share, it just adds up to gossip and can be just as hurtful and harmful. I mean, I've had that very scenario played out in my own life where somebody shared that I was pregnant 
And it wasn't their news to share. And that was hurtful because, you know, there's very few times in your life where you get to share wonderful good news. And I wanted to be the bearer of the, that tale, not someone else. So in light of that, you know, when, when we're defining the, the negative side of gossip, I think God hates it because it's really just a breach of trust. It maligns another image bearer. And that's what we are. That's what our sister in Christ is. That's what our neighbor is. It plants suspicion and distrust in our mind against another person. And really, you know, we can call it all different kinds of names, but really what it is is sin. It's essentially just a really sly version of narcissism. You know, when we're trying to tear someone down, it's usually because we're trying to build ourselves up. And just like every other sin, it really grieves God. I think it's easy to belittle the sin of gossip because, you know, everybody does it. You you do it. I do it. Everyone seems to be tempted by this sin, but make no mistake. It's very destructive. And like all sins, it's spiritually fatal because it requires a death penalty. And that seems so harsh, but that is the true reality. You know, if, if we define gossip as sin, and I think, you know, as September said, God defines it as sin. It really is spiritually fatal. And I think it's really good for us to have this discussion because I know in my own life, I've seen gossip and the fruit of gossip, the seed of gossip, destroy reputations, destroy relationships. And like you mentioned, Kate, you know, destroy the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can. And like you said, Jamie, about narcissism, I was going to say that gossip's rooted in pride. Because typically those who gossip want to make themselves look better compared to others. I mean, those who are truly humble would never think of talking about someone behind their back. It just wouldn't occur to them. I love what Pastor Rick Warren says. He says, we take ourselves too seriously. Mm. We don't take God seriously enough. I mean, if we have a strong fear of God, we are not going to be tempted to gossip. It's going to still come up in our lives, but I think we have to be really strict with ourselves about what we're going to listen to and for sure what what we're going to say to be careful of that. So ladies, have either of you ever been tempted to gossip? Well, I think we'd all be lying if we said we're human. We said no, (laughs) but you know, not only have I been tempted, but I actually have found myself caught in a moment of gossip and I didn't even recognize, and this is key recognizing it for what it was until after. And I believe, and I've discovered this in my life in a lot of areas, but gossip, especially for all of us, maybe consider that conditioning leads to a lack of conviction. So the more you become conditioned to saying things and talking about things and justifying things, the lack of conviction you will have each time to the point where you kind of make an excuse for it or excuse it and just kind of call it, I was asking for prayer or it was for the good of Mm. somebody else. And so I have learned not to condition myself to things that could be and are called sin and to just really kind of check myself. And I have a little checklist I'll share later as to what I do and say, but yep, I've been not only tempted, but found myself caught in those moments and realized later and had to, you know, ask for forgiveness and, and really work on that. Yeah, same. I think like September said, we'd be lying if we said we weren't tempted and also that we didn't fall into that temptation and actually do the gossiping because it's an infectious sin. It's an infectious spiritual disease that I think just creeps in very subtly. And before you know it, your words spill out and you didn't even realize it. 
one thing that I think is a piece of gossip or a part of gossip that we don't always recognize as gossip, but I think as moms, we're all really prone to, and, and we can talk about this if you want, that's gossip about our kids. I see it all the time, especially online. You know, a mom is sort of venting her day and she sort of vomits the day out on social media and says this or that about her kids, often cloaked in humor or sort of a, a sarcastic meme or whatever about something her kids did or something her kids said. And we all can relate and we all can empathize. But really, when you look at that closely enough, you have to ask yourself, would I say those same things about a friend? Would I say those things about my boss and feel comfortable? But for whatever reason, because we say these sarcastic comments about our kids or we unload all of their dirty sins to our neighbor, our friend at the playground or online, we think that it's okay because it's our kids. But your kids have feelings. Your kids are image bearers too. And I think, you know, if it's not something that you would say about a friend, Mm -hmm. don't say it about your kids. That's a great point, Jamie. I'm trying to think. I, I know I'm certain I've gossiped. I'm you know, a woman in my 60s. Of course I have. I just can't think of a specific incident. But one thing I know is this. When you do it, when you know you're doing it, you don't feel good afterwards. And I think one of the things as Christians, particularly, it's easy to couch it in Christian terms to say, oh, you know, Susie needs prayer because she's going through this or her husband's having an affair. Whatever it is, we have to pray for her. And it's just nonsense. We use that as an excuse to talk about somebody else. So I don't like seeing that. I see that a lot in the church. And I'm just like, you know, just stop. <laughs> don't don't tell me about Susie because I don't need to know. She didn't tell me. So don't you tell me. Hey there, Mama. I don't know what the weather's been like in your neck of the woods, but we've been facing negative temps for the past two weeks. And my crew is going a little stir crazy. Yours too? Instead of defaulting to more screen time to keep them occupied, why not try sparking their curiosity and inspiring their creativity with an enriching and hands-on learning experience by KiwiCo. KiwiCo is a subscription service that provides STEM-inspired learning in projects that are delivered right to your door. There are projects for every age group from infants and toddlers to tweens, teens, and beyond. There's the Panda Crate, that will help you nurture healthy brain development and fine motor skills in your baby with colorful manipulatives. The Koala Crate that will expose your preschooler to new materials, tools, and techniques. The original Kiwi Crate that will introduce your five to eight-year-old to their first building and engineering projects. And the Tinker and Eureka Crates that will introduce the design principles behind everyday objects. Not to mention the special crates like the Doodle Crate, the Yummy Crate, or the Atlas Crate, which will encourage artistry and cultural connection. As a parent, it can be hard to find creative ways to keep your children busy and challenged. KiwiCo does the legwork for you, so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. There's something for kids of all ages. There's no commitment, so you can pause or cancel at any time. You'll be giving them the tools to learn new skills, build new experiences, and make new connections to the broader world. They won't believe what they can build and accomplish with KiwiCo. So redefine learning with play 
explore hands-on projects that build creative confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code mom to mom at kiwico.com. That's 50% off your first month at kiwico.com. Promo code mom to mom. So what advice would you give a woman if she finds herself caught up in a conversation about someone else or if a friend says, I need to tell you something, but you can't tell anyone else? Well, I think for any woman, you know, if someone wants to talk to me about someone else or I feel tempted, I probably wouldn't say it so harshly, but I would think about this for myself. As these words are about to rise up out of my mouth or go out through my keyboard, by the way, that's another way of gossip, right? Facebook, social media, texting, ask myself, do these words build up? Am I being constructive? Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. If the person I feel like discussing were here with me right now, how would his or her presence change what I feel like saying? Those are three things I ask myself. And I ask someone else when they you know, want to talk to me about that. But on the flip side, if someone comes to me and, you know, I find that the conversation is leaning to gossip, I might say, Hey friend, you know, sorry to interrupt, but this is gossip. Yeah. You know, just call it. Don't try to (laughs) beat around the bush and then say, you know, so here's the deal. The conversation is now on hold until you go get so-and-so and and then you can start over and say, whatever you feel Mm -hmm. you might say right to his face, but I'm willing Mm -hmm. to be a witness to the conversation. I'm not willing to participate in gossip. Amy Carmichael established this rule as her mission statement. I love it. She said, it's never about, it's always two. And I like that. It's a good, simple thing to remember. That's a great litmus test. Yeah. So we always have to remember, and I'm sure I'm not saying anything that our listeners don't already realize, but I think it's worth saying again, a person who will gossip to you about someone else will most certainly gossip to someone else about you. And we all can think of people in our lives who we feel are trustworthy with our information, with our stories, with our pain, and even our joys. And most of the time when we sit and think about that person, they come to mind because there are somebody who doesn't bring the pain of others to our doorstep, isn't gossiping to us. I have a friend and she is such a lovely example of a person who just kindly scoots away from gossip. I've seen her in conversations where, you know, somebody starts spilling out something that is not theirs to share. They're not a part of the problem. They're not a part of the solution. And she just kindly says, you know, in the same way, I wouldn't want to hear so-and-so tell me something negative about you. I don't really feel comfortable letting you tell me something negative about her. And that just squelches the gossip right there. She's not rude about it. She's not unkind. but I know I can trust Amy with my stories because I've seen how she tenderly cares for the stories of others. One thing that has helped me, and I have a little acronym I go through in my mind when I'm tempted to say something. This is not my acronym. I did not make it up. I don't even really know who to credit this to, but I just think of the word think and every single letter in the word think acts as a litmus test to help me know whether or not I should be saying what I'm saying. So T is, is it true? H, is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? 
and K, is it kind? And more often than not, if it you know doesn't answer all of those questions, if I can't answer all those questions with a yes, it ends up being gossip. And that helps me to just shut my mouth and move on. Because remember, every word that you and I speak will be brought to account someday. Matthew 12, 36 through 37 reminds us, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. And that is a heavy challenge, but it's something that we need to take to heart. We can just let words and and I'm a talker. You girls know I'm a talker. And those of us who are talkers can let all kinds of words spill out of our mouths and without even giving it a thought, but we need to give it a thought. We need to make sure we're not spilling careless words because we will give an account someday for all the words that we've shared. That's a great acronym. Put that in the show notes, if you would, Jamie, Absolutely. because people will want to come back and say, what, what, how did she say? Think it's great. And I love that scripture too. That is a heavy scripture. When you really think what it's saying, it's every word that comes out of our mouth, we're going to give account for. So, you know, you just look back on your life. I'm already needing to repent, you know, just for things that I've said in the past, because we've all done it. Even when we were kids in school, Proverbs 2019 says, do not associate with a simple babbler. So if you know someone's a gossip, just sometimes the best thing you can do is just avoid them altogether. So you don't get trapped in that because it is a trap. The enemy's going to use whatever he can to trap us into sin. And if possible, just change the subject. Or like you were saying, September, take them to the person they're gossiping about and share what you heard from them and say, hey, you know, if you can't tell her, then you shouldn't be telling me. And that ought to shut it down pretty quickly. And that takes boldness to do that, but it can be very effective. And you kind of have to judge the situation to see if that's going to work. Sometimes it's just better to walk away. But I think you'll know the Lord will give you that insight if you're supposed to do that. So if you found out someone had gossiped about you, what would you do? And what advice can you give our listeners about how to handle it? Well, for me personally, you know, this is something I really struggled with, but I've discovered just in the last couple of years, even more importantly, that one, I need to commit my reputation to the Lord. I think a lot of our reaction comes out of allowing our reputation and, you know, what people think about us or, you know, clearing the air or trying to fix something that someone else might have broken and just letting the Lord resolve that. And two, <laughs> to gently confront the slanderer. And when I say that confront, that doesn't mean by an email or a text, it means in a conversation so that, you know, grace can be exchanged and a full conversation can be had and there can be clarity. And then three, you know, to preach the gospel to myself, like, I don't want to fall into vanity and self-pity over something like this, which could be easy to do if you find out someone's been talking about you. So I always want to remember that, you know, the gospel is an important piece of communication and my identity, and that sometimes things aren't as big as they feel because maybe it, it just feels big because it's, you know, about me. So those are three things that I've had to work through. And that's how I handle things. I go straight to the person. I commit my reputation to the Lord. Doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. And it doesn't mean that someone will stop gossiping about you. And that's the thing that we have to remember just because we resolve to confront it. It doesn't always mean that that person will stop. And so we just have to trust. I loved what you said, September, about not dealing with a problem in a text or an email. I think it's always a good idea whenever 
you're confronting something or having a conversation that could be already emotionally charged, don't do it in a text or an email because it is highly likely that your words will be misconstrued and emotions will be added or taken out of context that aren't there. So I love the idea of talking to somebody face to face. I think it often depends on the situation about the gossip. I think whenever possible, we're called to be long suffering and to not, you know, just jump to offense. But there will be times when you'll need to confront someone in love, like September said. And to be clear, I think it's more about confronting them for their sin against God in their gossip and less to do with their sin against you. Because as September said, God is in charge of your reputation. What really is the struggle? What really is the sin? It's not what somebody said about you. It's the fact that they are sinning against God. So we have to almost as hard as it sounds, get ourselves out of the equation because that's when we're exhorting our brother or sister in the Lord. Um, when we bring them to see their sin for sin. But at some point, as September said, you have to give your reputation to God, asking him to keep watch for your good and his glory. And that's not to say that you're not going to suffer the consequences of your sin if the gossip you know, has to do with your own sin struggles. And that's not to say that you won't suffer maybe injustice for being wrongly accused of something, but that you're just willing to let God have this final say in the situation. I think of, you know, Joseph in the Bible who was wrongfully accused of attacking Potiphar's wife. In that same way, you have to recognize that God is able to work the situation out with a bigger picture in mind. And it might take much longer than you would want. And you might have to sit with, you know, a a tarnished reputation for a while. But at some point, it's out of your hands and you just have to be willing to let it go and allow God to take over and hold up your reputation. And hopefully the other people who are listening to that gossip, you know, if your reputation precedes you, they'll know, oh, that really doesn't sound like September, or that really doesn't sound like something Kate would do. Hopefully you've built up a reputation and a testimony that would maybe negate any negative things that are being said about you. Yeah, those are great points, Jamie. And I think, you know, we have to remember these are hard scriptures, but the Bible says, bless those who curse you, pray for those who despitefully use you. And we can't do that till we're despitefully used, you know, I mean, but we need to pray for that person, whoever it is. And I think it's important to speak the truth in love. And, you know, it's good to to get with them, like you're saying, September, have a real conversation with them. But before you do that, you want to pray that you have the right attitude, that your emotions are in check. I just think we should never try to pick a fight, especially when it's family, that that's the easiest to fight because you've, you know, had quarrels and arguments probably your whole life, or at least when you were kids, you know, it's easy to fight with your family, but ultimately we have to trust that the Lord will fight for us. And ultimately, I think that the main goal is to reconcile. So ask questions, don't just accuse them, find out their side of the story And if they won't listen, well, then pray for them and trust that God will deal with them because really there's nothing much you can do other than pray for them and give them to the Lord. So what if you discover one of your children is gossiping or one of your children is the target of gossip? How do you handle it? You guys have lots of children between you, so you've likely dealt with this. 
Well, I think just all of the things that we've already talked about apply to our kids as well. You know, kids have a hard time understanding conversation and friendships and, you know, loyalty and identity and all the things that are laced into gossip and the consequences. So I think it just needs to be broken down, you know, in a simple things for kids. But, you know, things that we, I say to my kids, you know, would you want someone to speak to you about you like this? How do you think that made them feel? Or how did that make you feel when someone spoke to you about that? And just really like simple childhood terms, always referring to the tongue, you know, and what God has to say in his word about our words and all the things that we can do with our mouth and the damage and the consequences of those things. So I think that it's been a good lesson for my kids just in basic conversation even when I've been in their peer groups and, and heard, you know, heard them talking about things just to remind them, you know, that could be considered gossip, even though it may not have been, it could be considered gossip because the person wasn't present to be part of their own conversation when it was about someone else. And just to make them think, you know, Jamie, that think acrostic acronym would be perfect to be printed and given to all of our kids also when we have these conversations. Yeah. That's good. I, I totally agree. And I, to be honest, I haven't come upon this with our kids very often. And part of that is because I have so many boys and I, I feel like this, it's not that this is only a, a girl or a female sin. It's not, but I, I feel like oftentimes it it's a greater struggle perhaps for our gender. So I haven't come upon it often, but I do remember, and maybe I've shared this on the podcast before. And if I have, I'm, I apologize. I do remember sitting down with my kids to do an object lesson. Just talk about the the weight of their words and the fact that once a word is said, you can't take it back, you know, and there will be repercussions that you will have to deal with. Not to say that a, a relationship can't be restored and repaired, but there there will be some extra work that will be done because of the words you say. I took a tube of toothpaste and a paper plate. And I asked them to squeeze out all the toothpaste. And of course that was fun for them to do. They were really little at the time. They squeeze out all the toothpaste. And I said, Those, that's like our words. When our words are out of our mouth, it's out for everybody to, to hear, everybody to see, everybody to feel the effects of. Now try to get the toothpaste back into the tube. And of course they can't do it. And that's like our words. Once the words are spilled, it's very hard to get them back. And so that was just a visual reminder for them, not just with gossip, but just, you know, the words that they use to their brothers and sisters and whether they're speaking in kindness or whatever. So just a simple object lesson to illustrate the weight and the gravity of gossip. I was going to use that same illustration about the toothpaste, Jamie. So I'm glad you said that, but you know, I think if your child's being gossiped about, just try to listen patiently, be the shoulder that they can lean on and don't judge the gossiping child that's doing it. Try to be encouraging to your child, you know, help them look at their friendships and advise them to go to the gossiper and confront them depending on their age. If they're real little, maybe that won't work. But now if your child is the gossiper, warn them what scripture says about gossip. There's a lot of proverbs that deal sternly with gossip and let them know that gossip is also a form of bullying and have them think about how would they feel if they were the target of gossip. And I think sometimes kids gossip because they're trying to figure out how much power and influence they have. They, maybe they think it might make them more popular and get more friends because they know, you know, what so-and-so is doing. But, you know, I think, like you said, Jamie, you know, do the toothpaste 
little illustration because every child's going to get that and learn that what once it comes out, you're not getting it back. Those words are out forever. So we're going to be held accountable for those words. In closing, I hope we gave you some things to think about today. At its core, gossip is sin. The Apostle James calls the tongue a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Now, that's a warning we all need to heed. So decide today not to participate in gossip. And if you realize you've been gossiping, well, repent and move forward. I live by this phrase, especially when it comes to gossip. What you think of me is none of my business. Don't even tell me. I don't even want to know. But we are so glad that you joined us today. Thank you for listening. And if you have a minute, we would love it if you would leave us a positive rating or review on iTunes or Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever your preferred platform is. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook as we continue the conversation.